0: Good morning and welcome to Bloomer Baptist Church. As we get started, please open up your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. As we continue in our series on John, believe and live. Believe and live. And now into a little mini-series on what Jesus brings to the believer's life. Knowing the way, the truth, and the life. Today is about knowing Through Jesus, we know. Do you know Jesus? Next week will be about love. Do you love Jesus? And the following week is planned to be, do you serve Jesus? Please open once again to John chapter 14 in your copy of God's word, which is truth, which is hope, which is life. Thank you for joining us today. Today we're talking about the power of knowing somebody. And I mean to really know somebody. You see, it's one thing to know about another person, but it's a whole different thing to actually know a person. So a mutually beneficial and encouraging relationship. Allow me to give you a quick example. One might say they know their spouse. And in saying this, we would assume that it is not just a shallow knowledge but a deep profound knowledge of one which and one of which comes out of a mutually beneficial and encouraging relationship it's a relationship with great sacrificial love passion respect and time spent investing in the relationship and because of the time spent in this relationship i could share that i know what my wife likes in her coffee What might she eat for breakfast and when? I could share how I know her pains and joys of life. I could share how I know what she might enjoy to do on a date, a road trip, or a vacation, and what she would not want to do. I could share where she wants to eat for dinner, what she likes to watch on TV, what types of books she likes to read, what type of blizzard she likes at Dairy Queen, and what to take out. I could share of her love language. I could share how I try. I try at times to try to accomplish that love language. I could also share her desires of what she has for me or for our children or for friends. I could share what pleases her or displeases her. All this because I truly know her and not just about her. This is all inside knowledge. For I am inside of this relationship. In a similar manner, it's one thing to know about Jesus, the facts and figures of his life. It's a whole different thing to have a deep and devoted relationship with Jesus. To have insider knowledge, a mutually beneficial and encouraging relationship, takes time to develop and years to cultivate. That's the truth in our human relationships, and it's also truth for Jesus. But from the moment you follow him, the change starts to happen, and blessings come your way as well. With this change, we know not just about Jesus, but of Jesus. And we come to know a great truth. We know the way, the truth, and the life. For Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. To know Jesus is to know life. Let me repeat that again. To know Jesus is to know life, true life. This is crucial for all of us to hear, to memorize, and to share. For what a great transition to, talk, to talking about what Jesus does. To know Jesus is to know life. But you must really know Jesus and not just about Jesus. For even the demons know about Jesus. Even the demons know about Jesus being the son of God and about his deity they do not truly know Jesus. They do not truly believe him and follow after him and live in accordance to his ways. To know Jesus is to know life. This is true living too, not just shallow or superficial living. Let's go further, let's go deeper. You see, if you know Jesus, the more you truly know Jesus, the more you know and understand the Father, the Spirit, and ultimately, the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about knowing Jesus. We're about to read from John 14, a very familiar scripture. And in this, I hope you to grasp a new truth or a deeper truth and an understanding. Hear this If you know Jesus, you know incredible truths about salvation, assurance in troubling times, God the Father, God the Spirit and the ability to live an empowered life through all things. Let me repeat that once again. If you know Jesus, you know some incredible truth about salvation, about having assurance in troubling times, about knowing God the Father, God the Spirit, and about the ability to live an empowered life through all things. You see, to truly know Jesus is to truly know life. To truly know Jesus is to truly know life, but not just about life, but how to live and how to live well. To your God-desired potential, one not of just living for today and yourself, but for eternity and all for God. To really know Jesus is to really know life. Let's get to the Bible and the main teaching now. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 5, Jesus says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In essence, he's saying, have faith in me and God. My father's house has many rooms. Some translations use the word dwelling places or mansions or homes. I believe dwelling places to be one of the most accurate and great translations here but i also agree with one commentator pastor who said mansions goes along with how greatly god blesses his people it may not be physically mansions but that's almost like what it will be like we will have dwelling places with god in heaven and it will be great if that were not so jesus says what i have told you that i am going there to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come back and take you to be with me That you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going, Thomas said to him. Lord, we don't know where you are going. So, how can we know the way? To open our passage, Jesus tells his disciples do not let your heart be troubled. Which begs the question, what were the disciples troubled by and why is Jesus addressing it? Well, let me tell you, the disciples were likely troubled because Jesus had just got done telling them how he was preparing to leave. He was about to go away and they could not follow him at this time. The news, this news, would have been confusing, distressing, greatly troubling to the disciples who had given their entire lives to Jesus. They had given up everything to follow him and had come to believe that he was the Messiah. So Jesus addresses their troubled hearts by reassuring them that he is going to prepare a place for them in his father's house and that he will come back to take them with him. So that they may be where he is. He also emphasizes the importance of faith in him. Telling the disciples that they must believe in him just as they believe in God. Have faith in Jesus. There's some great application for us here today. Great application for life. Starting with this. Faith in Jesus and the knowledge and understanding that he brings to one's life of the Father, the Spirit, in the future place reserved for his people for eternity, should ease troubled hearts. For in him is life, hope, and joy to be had forevermore. I want to repeat that again. Faith in Jesus and the knowledge and understanding that he brings to one's life of the Father, the Spirit, And the future place reserved for his people for all eternity should ease troubled hearts for in him is life, hope, and joy to be had forevermore. Let me break this down a step further to remember easier or maybe to write down in your notes a bit simpler. Faith in Jesus should ease troubled hearts for in him is life, hope, and joy to be had forevermore. And we can break that one down one step further. Faith in Jesus should ease troubled hearts, for in him is life and hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know Jesus? Do you truly know of this faith in him? Hearts need not be troubled, for Jesus was not and is not leaving forever. He will be back. Not just this, but he also will make it known that through him we have a greater understanding of what is coming. And as one pastor states, although they might have had reason to be troubled, they did not have to give in to the emotions of fear and despair. For they really could. Let not your hearts be troubled because of their faith. This applies to us as well. Do we have this faith? Do we let our hearts be given in to fear, to troubling Oh, do we remember him and remember what he says is coming? Back to the scripture context. Overall, Jesus' words in the scripture, they're meant to comfort and reassure his disciples in the face of his coming departure. He wants them to know that he has a plan for them and that they can trust him to take care of them even when he is not physically present with them. But this entire exchange leads Thomas to understandably ask one great question. Lord, We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? We get another powerful point here. One doubting Thomas is about to hear. If you know Jesus, you know the way. If you know Jesus, you know the way. Jesus is the way, my friends, and don't you forget about it. He is the way. Jesus tells the disciples, his disciples, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one can come to the Father except through him. You see, often in this life, we try to put together a mixture of ingredients to try and come up the perfect cake, the perfect pie of life. But the only way to truly come up with what's designed for us to have is through Jesus. Jesus is the one ingredient that everyone leaves out, but the one ingredient that truly is the way to what we're meant to have. At this point, you would imagine that Thomas and the other disciples would begin to understand that knowing Jesus means to recognize that he is the only path to God and that all must follow him in order to have eternal life with him. But this truth was not just hard to grasp for them. This truth that Jesus is the only way to heaven continues to be difficult to grasp today. The world would love nothing more than to have a thousand different paths to eternal life ones of ease, comfort, and personal choices. But we must remember and teach that only Jesus can lead us to true peace and salvation. Jesus is the way, the only way. Not Buddha, not Guda, not anything else, Jesus. We must also remember that this isn't only Jesus' idea, but the Father's also. For Jesus tells the disciples that if they really know him, then they know the Father. For they are one. That's verse seven. At this, now Philip speaks up in verse eight, says, "Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us." You can almost hear a frustration in Jesus' reply in verse nine to When verses nine to eleven, where Jesus answers, saying, "Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father." How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who's doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves of which you have seen with your own eyes. And heard with your own ears. I added that last couple statements there. In this we see another great point here. Jesus reveals the Father. Jesus reveals the Father. It's hard to imagine that Jesus, who is gentle, lowly, kind, and compassionate, would get frustrated or even angry. But it sure seems that in this instance, he is at least baffled at Philip's request as Jesus replies, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Through this interaction, we even learn that the words Jesus speaks comes from the Father's authority. You see, to know Jesus is to know the Father. Because through Jesus, we get to hear from the Father and see a glimpse of what he is like. To know Jesus is to know the Father. Because through Jesus, we get to hear him and see a glimpse of him. We get to see how he would respond to situations in life... We see the evidence of the connection through the works that Christ does. The way he acts, the way he lives, the way he talks, the way he ministers. If you want to know what God the Father is like, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus, my friends. Knowing Jesus means understanding that he is the perfect representation of God on earth. And that by studying his life and teachings, we can come to know what the Father is like more deeply. Here's the thing. In a world where people may have misconceptions about who God is or what he desires for us, we can look to Jesus as our great and worthy guide and example. That's why we study him. That's why we study the word and his commandments, his examples of life and living. To know Jesus is to know the Father. The same love, compassion, mercy, and goodness we know in Jesus is in the Father. Exodus 34, re. Three, I'm sorry, Exodus 34 shows us these same attributes in the Father. But please also know that the Father and Son and Spirit, although they share qualities and characteristics and rules, are still three. Three in one. As one commentator, actually in the Moody Bible commentary states, God the Father is completely revealed in Jesus the Son. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is distinct from the Father in terms of their Respective personhood. But let's move forward. There's something else. Something amazing and powerful about knowing Jesus. Something which all of this comes to conclude here in verses 12 to 14. You see, Jesus empowers us. Jesus empowers us to live and to live with great power. If you know Jesus, you know empowered living. But do you truly know this? Have you grasped it? Let's read verses 12 to 14 now. Jesus says in verses 12 to 14, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I will do it. The question is here, and this is the way from my notes, Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. Are you carrying on the work of Jesus? And then secondly, It says, You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Are you asking in the name of Christ? Are you doing it? And you're doing what he would be doing. This is also arguably one of the more interesting and potentially confusing passages in all of Scripture. For Jesus tells his disciples that they would do even greater works than he did. Greater works. How can this be? Because he is going to the Father on their behalf. Think about that for a moment. Jesus is interceding, he's advocating and petitioning over the request that you speak in his name. And he blesses us with the great helper, the Spirit of God. This one truth alone radically transforms a person's prayer life. In response to this passage, Pastor Tony Evans once said, The power of prayer is not in the words we say or the formula we follow, but in the one to whom we pray. It is God who answers prayer, not our eloquence or effort. When we approach Him with faith and trust, seeking His will and His glory, He will move on our behalf in ways that are beyond our imagination. You see, to truly know Jesus means to recognize that He empowers us to carry on His work. And to spread his message of love and salvation, grace and redemption to others. Hear that again. He empowers. For he is listening. And he is interceding. And all for greater things. Jesus knew that whereas he kept the message in an isolated area, his disciples would spread it to nations. Thousands would be added to the church through the disciples of Christ. You see, it's not about who is more powerful. It's about the greatness that would, be, that would come through Christ and his power to his disciples. But listen up. We are disciples of Christ. We are disciples of his. And in a world where there is much darkness and despair, in a world where there is much darkness and despair, we can be a light to others through our faith in Jesus in our actions of love and service. We can intercede, pray, and ask for miracles because we share our requests through Jesus to the Almighty God. And we have a great helper with us too. Of course, we need to be careful with this amazing power. We need to stay humble, grounded, and rooted in Christ as we pray for his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. His will. Pastor John MacArthur warns here, Prayer is not a means of getting what we want, but aligning our will with the will of God. And when we pray according to his will, we can be confident that he will answer. But if we pray selfishly, seeking only to fulfill our own desires, we will not receive what we ask for. We have incredible kingdom-impacting power in Christ. We can know the Father through Jesus. We can combat troubling heart through him. We experience eternal life because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. To know Jesus is to know true living. If you know Jesus and you know this life, a full abundant life, as John ten ten explains, the question is, what are you going to do with it? Let's conclude. As we wrap up today, I think it's worth recognizing that even those early disciples who walked daily with Christ had questions. They had doubts. They didn't fully understand all that Jesus was trying to reveal. They needed help. I know there are others here today who just need a little help. There are people here today who are troubled. Let's remember Jesus' opening words today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because he is taking care of eternity on our behalf, on my behalf, on your behalf, on the behalf of his church We need not worry or be controlled, given into the emotions of fear or despair. For Jesus is working, and he is working on our behalf to bring about God's glory, his plan, and his kingdom. We truly can say with confidence that we need not be troubled. And instead, rejoice. Rejoice, for he is the way, the only way. Jesus he knows the Father and they are one. And because we know Christ, we also know the Father. Through Jesus, knowing Him and not just about Him, we are going to do even greater things than He did because He's interceding on our behalf and through us. You see, there is great power in knowing Jesus, but truly know Him. Don't just you know about Him, and then do not be troubled. Through knowing Jesus, we have a promise that he is working. He has a room. He has a place to dwell prepared for you in the heavens. It's there awaiting your arrival. And Jesus is coming back. So with this in mind, I think the call today is to rejoice and truly live. Live abundantly because you know Jesus. Let me repeat that as our challenge as we are about to close. Rejoice and truly live. Live abundantly. You know Jesus. You know Jesus. To add to this call, share the love and gospel of Christ with everyone you can. Model your life after Christ with the empowering of God-like living. He shows and provides for us. Remember, eternity is just around the, the corner. Jesus is preparing a dwelling place for you. Finally, one last remembrance. If you really know Jesus, then you really know life. Do not be troubled. Focus on him and focus on the life that you have in him. Rejoice and live, my friends. Let's pray and close in song. Jesus, we thank you for knowing you is knowing life. Thank you for showing us the way to life, truth, and happiness, joy forevermore in your Dwelling place. Thank you for you are the way. Knowing you is knowing truth. Knowing you is knowing the way. Knowing you is knowing the Father. Knowing you is knowing power. Help me live in this knowledge and to do much for you and for your glory with my life. May you be glorified in all things. And we all close in prayer with the mighty word saying, Amen. Let it be done. We're closing song now with how great thou art.